Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fan Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Three minutes past seven, you're listening to Love Sport Radio. My name's Sammy James, and it is the Spurs Fans Show tonight, sponsored by the guys at 7OTB. And I'm here with Ricky and Jason the from Last Word on Spurs. Ricky, how you doing? I'm okay. Yeah? And Jason, how's it going? Bit depressed after the weekend, but... But never mind, we'll get over it. Yeah, well, we've got loads to discuss tonight between now and nine o'clock. Uh, all the reaction from Watford on Sunday, a 2-1 defeat at Vicarage Road. It was all looking so good when Abdullahi Decore's own goal went in, but quick-fire goals from Troy Deeney and Craig Cathcart gave three points to the Hornets. And uh, it was the battle of the 100% records, and unfortunately, uh, Watford came out on top. You can give your opinions. 0208 70 20 558 is the number to call, or you can tweet us at Love Sports Radio. We've already got a caller actually. Frankie is a Spurs fan, wants to talk about the Watford game. Frank, how's it going, mate? Hi, mate. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. How's it going? Yeah, so um, what are your opinions on uh, the defeat on Sunday, Frankie? Well, I've been a Spurs supporter now for the last 23 years. And I just want to say, I just don't know how we let a one, one goal lead slip. Like, it would only be Tottenham to do that. Well, I mean, Watford are proving to be a pretty difficult test this season. I mean, some are even going so far as to predict they might even win the league. The problem seems to no. be with Spurs, though, is you can't seem to play badly and get the three points, Frankie. It's just, I don't think any other team would have let a one-go lead slip to Watford, you know. Only Spurs would do that. <laughs> 
I'm sure many other teams will go to Watford this season and struggle. Uh, Ricky, your thoughts? I think for me, personally, just to pick you up on the point there about Spurs haven't won when playing badly, I think... To be honest, if you had this discussion on our podcast only last night, that if you look at the start of the season, Spurs haven't really pay, played well at all in any game so far. There's been periods in games where we've played okay, but the Watford game was an indicative for me where you look at the fact we've gone to Man United, we've won 3-0, played out of our skins, and then it would just be so typical Spurs to go to Watford, turn up, and pretty much in that second half, just roll over. We crumbled, to be honest, to some degree. And I do agree with you. Uh, I do agree with you there, Frankie. That it is bitterly frustrating. We're all questioning ourselves here, even on Tuesday night, how Spurs haven't won that game. But it's about attitude being right. And Pochettino did make the point before the game that if there's complacency in the camp, we will be punished. And it seems like JC knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to excuse the defeat, and we'll we'll get into it more afterwards. But but when you say only Spurs could could go to Watford, take the lead, and, and end up losing, let, let's let's not forget that it's it's almost two years since we last led in a game and lost. So it's certainly not something that's particularly common over the last two. Well, it's it's something that hasn't happened for two years, as I say. So the old Spurs side, yeah, of of the early two thousands would often do it. But this side, for the first time in two years, let's let's keep it in a little bit of perspective it's it's hardly a growing trend at the moment I just I just don't think there'll be any other team out there because Arsenal Chelsea Man United got a little 1-0 lead slip it would only be Spurs they just lack they just lack mentality they lack balls you know but, but Frankie, are we getting a bit worried about this a bit too soon? I mean, yes, it's not great to, to lose four games in, but you've still got nine points from the first three games. Uh, you went up to Old Trafford and, but the and played them off the park the, second half. The easiest game out of the four games we let slip. How does that work? How can you go to Man United win 3-0 and then get turned over? I don't think I Watford is the easiest game, is it? Is it is Watford the easiest game you faced out of the four, um, oh, it's, Ricky? It's, but it's, well, I think, for, you know, to be fair, Fulham have also just come up from the Premier League. I think you would argue that game would have probably been maybe the easiest out of the four. But again, you cannot underestimate teams. And I think that's the biggest thing with Tottenham, like we've been saying for so many years. You cannot go into these games against the smaller teams, no offence to Watford, and underestimate your opponent and not play to your 100%. And in the second half, we have to be honest and say, the Spurs team that were playing out there, and Pochettino said it as well, we just didn't seem... To want it enough, we wasn't aggressive enough in that second half. And Watford, I hate to say it because, listen, I bleed white and blue. Watford were fully deserving of that win. And again, I'm still frustrated that we haven't won the game. At the end of the day, it is gone. Um, we are going to get into it more. But yeah, it's bitterly frustrating. I understand the frustration, Frankie. Believe me, I do. I just think, you know, we, we, we're too relying on Harry Kane. And you look at the other teams. I mean, you look at like Chelsea, they got Marada, they got Pedro, Arsenal now. Aubameyang or Lacazette scoring. I mean, they're two brilliant strikers. And then you're looking at Liverpool with Salah. It's just, we don't seem to have enough firepower, you know? I don't think we're going to get in the top four this year. Definitely not. Well, Frankie, thank you for your, thank you for your call. Thanks, bye. Well, there was Frankie. You can get in touch. 0208 A nice upbeat start to the show. Yeah, nice, nice bit of positivity <laughs> to start the Anyways, start the show off. I, you know, I don't know how much firepower we've got. We've only just won three 0 at Man United, but obviously yeah. not enough firepower. Let's have a look then at Sunday. It all. Well, I mean, the first half was it was a terrible, terrible advert for football generally, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it wasn't a great game at all. And you'd maybe argue that Spurs did in that first half 
Well, they were the better of the two sides, I think. Spurs were starting to apply the pressure to Watford towards the end of that first half. And you did have a feeling going into that half-time that a goal was coming from Tottenham. Yeah. And it did early second half. I mean, you kind of got your nose in front at that point. I think you think, OK, a bit of a lacklustre first half, but here we are. Did you? Did, was there any sign for you that Watford might be able to make a comeback? When you went 1-0 when you up, did you honestly think, oh, things could go wrong from here? Or did you think, OK, we've got our noses in front now, we'll, we'll see this one out and we'll get another three points, even though not ne- necessarily being our greatest performance up to this point? <coughs> Well, the first half was was particularly frustrating, as you say. It was was scrappy, and you know, probably a little bit different to Ricky. I'm not so sure Watford deserved to win the game because, for me, I think they're the home side. They've won three out of three. They come into the game with confidence, and I don't think they got in our penalty area for the first 65 minutes of a game. So, I'm not so sure they really did enough to win it. What they did was enough on the day to win it. But but for me, you, you should be able to play a lot better than that at home. But yeah, once we went one nil up. You, you kind of thought this Spurs side will will see the game through, and, and all right, it might end up being one-one. Yeah. But you certainly don't see it be, becoming a two-one loss. And the frustration was, I thought Watford had a a little spell of what ten ten minutes, yeah. where Toby hit his own crossbar and they scored twice. And you think, you know, Watford Watford shouldn't have ten minutes against Tottenham and, and completely make Tottenham crumble. So yeah. there's certainly a problem there. But but as I say, you know, for me, for a home side. You've only played well for 10 minutes of the game. I'm not so sure that's enough to genuinely deserve to win a game. You said um, on your podcast it was a bit of a case of after the Lord Mayor's show. Do, do you really think that's the case? So surely Spurs by now <laughs> should be used to winning oh, big great, games. Great it, it's not like you were, uh, I don't know, you, you were a third tier team and you went up and won against a, a big four side. This is Spurs. This, these kind of results happen regularly. They do, but Spurs do have this tendency of really, really getting our hopes up on the back of a fantastic result against Man United. I don't want to downplay that because unfortunately I wasn't on the podcast to cover that game. Listen, a, a wonderful performance against Manchester United. Don't want to disagree with that at all. We were brilliant. But we do have this issue sometimes with Spurs when it comes to the lower team, Sammy, of getting the job done. Yeah. And I think that's where Spurs fans in general, they do feel that this Tottenham side may be lacking... I don't want to go back into the transfer window because that's another, that's another show in its entirety, but a real top, top leader where in that 10-minute spell, which Jason's referring to, where Watford had their 10-minute spell, any Spurs fan could see he was under so much pressure and that's where you need to make the substitution. Bring on the likes of a, a Winks, a Wanyama, a Dyer, someone that was going to get Spurs back under control because that 10-minute period, you could see the game, Spurs were losing their grasp. Well, uh, we're going to be talking Mauricio Pochettino's in-game management. Brilliant against Man United. Surely some questions, though, to be asked about Sunday. Love sport. Spurs fan show tonight with myself, Sammy James, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. Uh, taking your calls on everything Spurs tonight, 0208 70 20 558 if you want to get in touch. Um, Ricky, let's touch on Pochettino's decisions for the game on Sunday. Now, I thought that the game against United was a masterstroke mm. from Pochettino. Yep. Soaked up the pressure from Man United in the first half and then bang, bang, bang. And what a result. What a game. And and Lucas Moura, a player transformed, really, uh, in that. Then, just to get in the game against Watford, you go 1-0 up and then you just kind of lost that in-game battle, especially in midfield. You just seem to lose an element of control and surely that is where a manager is earning his crust. Spot on. And listen, I absolutely adore Maurizio Pochettino. Everyone knows that I'm a massive, massive Pochettino fan. We've been speaking about at the start of the season how he's been getting cuter 
his decision making, how he seems to be, you know, finally adapting the way he's brought players back into the squad, the likes that maybe wanted away, the likes of Alderweireld, the likes of Danny Rose, bringing Dembele back into the squad as well. I couldn't speak highly enough of him, but at the weekend against Watford, and just as I alluded to before the break, there was that 10 minute period where Jason feels alright, Watford didn't deserve the win, but that is where, like you just said there, you earn your money. Yeah. You, you can see there's momentum gaining from Watford, they were controlling that 10 minute period, and that's where you want Spurs, as I said before the break, make that change, bring on a Dyer, bring on a Winks, bring on a Wanyama, someone that was going to relieve the pressure from Dembele, because to be fair to the guy, you know, his legs just couldn't handle that battle. 90 minutes may be too long for him. We'll get Jason's thoughts as well. But I think that's where you do earn your money. And I think that's where Pochettino, for me, again, he just showed that lack of in-game management. Uh, Jason, who is the leader that's going to take command of those situations? Well, I think our problem is, I, mean, I, I felt it all along, central midfield, we, we're really lacking this season. You know, Moussa Dembele, unfortunately, is not the player that he was. And I think to play him on his own in midfield, effectively on his own, was was a big ask for him when he doesn't have that mobility. But I suppose with with Wanyama having no pre-season and Winks not being properly fit, I, w- I was astonished not to see Eric Dyer on the team sheet. But, but you know, Pochettino got criticised again in game management. We, we were in danger of losing out at Newcastle. We brought Dembele on and we tightened that game up. Against Fulham, we had an excellent first half. We lost the first 15 minutes that second half. Again, he made changes that resulted in a positive way. And at Man United, I mean, you said it was perfect, perfect tactical display. But let's be fair that we could have easily been 2-0 down when Lukaku misses two massive chances. And yeah. then, then nobody's saying you got your tactics right. But we did turn that one around as well. So three of the four games, he has had that positive influence and got a result. And, you know, sometimes you also you have to have a, give Watford a little bit of credit and say they changed something and... and got an instant boost from it and it's small margins isn't it and it's you mentioned it in that, in that in that Man United game and you know if if Kane finds that ball to Lucas Moura where he's crying out in space and it's yeah. cut out isn't it then it's probably 2-0 and then it's probably game over and, and I, it's just it's amazing how not only Spurs fans but the media just get straight stuck into have Spurs got the bottle have Spurs got the nerve <laughs> and you're thinking god these are like two hair thin moments in games which could have swung it either way and, and suddenly everyone's questioning Spurs from the boardroom to the to the grass cutter. I agree but this is again where and this the thing with Spurs if we do want to be competing and it's hard to use the word challenging Manchester City because I've got to be honest with you Sammy the way they've started the season I'm not sure who's going to challenge them yeah. but if you do want to be up there and considered to be a challenger for this Premier League these are the games that you have to go and win. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, okay, on a bad day, you take a point. But to lose the game and the manner you lose it, you know, it's the performance for me that's the hardest thing to stomach. If we went there and played well, then all right, you come away saying, look, okay, we've got a point. They're unbeaten. We're unbeaten. Fair enough. But it's the way in that second half for me, we just seem to capitulate, crumble. The only thing I thought is you didn't even look like there wasn't much of a fight towards the end. There wasn't much of a kitchen sink being thrown at Watford. And again, that was quite good management from the Watford players and they were slowing the game down brilliantly. But I thought there'd be a bit more of a barrage and it all just kind of ended with a bit of nothing towards... Petered out. Yeah, in, in, in stoppage time, I thought it'd be long balls into the box, tons of chances. There just wasn't really anything. That's, that's where you have to give them a little bit of credit. They, they didn't allow that to happen, did it? Yeah. They, they stopped crosses coming in or they allowed the ball to go to people that they knew weren't going to cross it particularly well. Mm. 
and and they got what six or seven men packs around their own penalty spot, strung out, and they were just happy to pick balls off. So, you know, it certainly wasn't the Alamo, certainly wasn't what I'd have wanted to see in those 10 minutes. But like I say, you you always have to give a little bit of credit to the opposition. Well, you well. saw the analysis on Match of the Day and just how steadfast that Watford back line was. There was so often just a line of five, a line of three. You'd be 20 or 30 yards out from goal. How can you get past that? There is almost sometimes just no way past when and and every second ball into the air, Watford just seemed to kind of spring up, get there first. They really, really wanted it, and that's praise to Javi Gracia and the and the management and the motivation he's given some of those players. It's difficult when you're on the end of that kind of performance, but I guess now with Spurs are a much bigger scalp than they used to be, and teams will raise their game every yeah. single week. And we've got they, to do it. They certainly defended balls into the box a lot better than we did. That's for sure. Yeah. On the day. <laughs> um, well, look, what kind of players really does does Pochettino need to be relying on in, in these kind of situations? What would you have done if you were Poch? Who exactly would you have brought on to try? I would have brought Eric Dyer. Honestly, Sammy, I would have brought Eric Dyer on. And I know this guy still polarises opinion amongst Spurs fans, but there's a reason why he's still at this club three or four years down the line. Some maybe feel that he's not the right player to maybe take it to the next level. But for me, he does offer leadership. He does command respect amongst those Spurs players. He's a guy that wears his heart on his chest. And I think if you bring him on, you know, that midfield, it just gives some kind of control to it. And Jason, I know we had this discussion off air and we can bring it on air maybe tonight, that there's certain players in that squad that do you feel maybe now this is the season where you want to see Pochettino maybe being ruthless enough to think, OK, are you good enough now to take this Spurs team forward? <coughs> well, Eric Dyer coming on would have been an obvious one. I would just ask, who was coming off? Who was who is taking off? Dembele. Dembele. You so you'd still have only had Dyer on his own in mm. midfield. So you you're either got to take off Mora, Ali, or Eriksson or Kane to bring Eric Dyer on if you want to stiffen it up. Mm. You would probably say Dembele just on the fact that with Eriksson didn't have a great game at but, all, but it's always going to create. You'd you think. take Dyer off, or you take Dembele off, but you're still leaving him on his own in midfield. So you want to stiffen midfield. You got to have a second body in there. You say it's a fresh pair of legs as well because you could see Dembele was getting majorly overrun, wouldn't you? Yeah, but but like I say, I think you want two in there, not one. And also, it's an incredibly negative change. If you actually think about it, with half an hour left to go, let's say he brings an attacking player off. Well, let's say he goes for an, an Ali or an Ericsson and, and sticks a Dyer in there. But Pochettino would be getting criticised the other way because he'd be saying, what, what are you doing? We're 1-0 up. Let's, let's kill the game off. That's the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? Because you're right. You get, you're 1-0 up at Watford. You start coming under pressure. You take a forward player off and bring a defensive player on or somebody to tighten it up and you concede a goal Everyone then goes absolutely ballistic at you and saying, why are we sitting back against Watford? Why aren't we trying to kill the game off? That's that's the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? I've got to say, you mentioned an attacking change. I don't know if we actually now say Lorente isn't an attacking change. What do you reckon, Jason? I mean, I'm not sure if <laughs> Bless him. Listen, I think this guy has had his day. It's, it's so hard because I don't think he offers much in terms of movement or mobility, does he, Jace? No, and he, he couldn't quite reach his toe out to that the ball that was in there, wasn't it? It was a little bit caught on his on his heels, and it's too late in the game, and he's passed his best, that's for sure. Well, look, Spurs have struggled with the whole second striker oh. behind Harry Kane problem for for years, and and you know many big clubs in Europe struggle to f- try and find their second man, don't they? Not everyone has a Hazus up there up their sleeve, do they? Look, uh, it's nine points from twelve, uh, and after the break, going to ask you guys what your thoughts are on that. Love Sport, 558 AM. 
Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict 7 to net a million. 24 minutes past 7, you listen to Love Sport Radio, 5.5am, online and on digital radio. Thank you for tuning in this evening. It's the Spurs Fan Show with myself, Sammy James, got Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern, uh, the boys from Last Word on Spurs here with me. And uh, we've kind of dissected uh, Tottenham's 2-1 defeat to Watford on Sunday. And I guess so disappointing because it had been the perfect start up until that point. Uh, obviously, Watford uh, were in the same boat uh, and still are. Um, see fifth in the table, nine points from the four games would have you potentially taken that just with defeats maybe to a different club if you see what I mean if let's say you'd lost narrowly to Man United and won the other three games would you be a bit more satisfied with that I don't know it's hard you can't lose any games really can you you just took the words out of my mouth there Sammy for me as a Spurs fan I don't want to accept defeat in any of them um, because I do believe Spurs have got a capable squad a first 11 12 13 players that on their day can go out there and beat anyone mm-hmm. so 9 out of 12 it's respectable is it what I wanted no I wanted 12 out of 12 yeah but it, it's a it's a respectable return I still can't help feeling gutted though to be honest against that what that what for game at the weekend I'm, tr- I'm still trying to get over it do you think though warming up okay you got through a couple of games so actually I was probably a bit harsh actually at the beginning to say that Spurs haven't found a way to play badly and well, win because yeah. Newcastle wasn't brilliant nope. Fulham was good in parts but not scintillating for the whole 90 and very easily could have gone the other way um, Man United was brilliant in the end but you, you went through uh, a sticky patch as well but it seems to me that Eventually, some of these mistakes, um, hopefully Spurs can start to dominate more of a percentage of games, and then then you might be flying in a couple of months. I, just, I don't know if there's too much room for panic, is there? No, no, for me, I mean, I hear this, and I think it's uh, it's an easy tag to throw that, you know, you've got to learn to, to win games when you haven't played well. I mean, when you think of the run-in last year, we won at Palace where we didn't play well, we beat Watford at home last year 2-0 where we didn't play well, we beat Newcastle where we didn't play well, we go to Newcastle on the first day of the season and win without playing well. There's plenty of times Tottenham won last, Brighton at home last year was a game that we were quite poor in. There was a whole number at Swansea away. We were poor and won there. There's a lot of games that Tottenham win when we don't play anywhere near our best. So I think that's a, a cheap tag. But I think where where that tag perhaps does come in is when we play the really big games where where you play the top six. When we don't play well in those, yeah. that's when we tend to slip up. But, but you know, even the Huddersfields and teams like that, we weren't always scintillating last year and we won all those games. So <laughs> Watford for the league then? Well, be <laughs> I saw a spooky stat the other week which showed Leicester and Watford, the table at the time where Leicester won it. Yeah. Identical positions at the time, similar to that. They've had a great start, Watford. I don't see them being up there in terms of top six. I think they'll, they'll fade away, but they've made a great start to the season. Again, as I said, I stick by my word. I think they were deserving of that result at the weekend against us. But, yeah, for me, I don't think Watford will be... You know, up towards fifth or sixth. I think they're looking top ten, maybe. They've had three home games as well, haven't they? Yeah. Three out of four. I mean, that that game Sunday should have is is one of ours that we flipped, wasn't it? That's right. It should yeah. have been our home game, and it's ended up being theirs. So, mm. you know, they go to Bright or they beat Brighton, they beat Burnley. Although Burnley away was a was a good result, but now, well, you now say Burnley that, are starting Burnley, to look uh, yeah, they're, not they're the com- Burnley from last year, yeah, aren't exactly. they? So, and who was the other side they beat? 
Um, oh, you've, you've tested Palace. me here. Palace. Palace at home. Now, so, that, I thought, was actually a very yeah. impressive result. Yeah. We, I thought Palace were going to be top 10 contenders this year, and I thought they were looking really strong under Roy, and they lost to Liverpool, which, actually, I think they played well in. And then two defeats to uh, to Watford, as you mentioned, and then Southampton. I was like, OK, that's, that's a little bit odd. But anyway, we're getting a little bit away for, from the question. Jason, um, is it a bit disappointing to see Spurs on nine points when you see... Liverpool on 12 points, Chelsea on 12 points. Is that because other teams have had perfect starts, it's just taken the gloss off? What's an okay start for Spurs? Uh, it's not so much. A, I think, you know, results Saturday has definitely taken the gloss off. I'd have, I'd have wanted 10 points from the first 12. I really wanted us to get something at Old Trafford this year. I thought we had to do that. We've got, so we're on nine, but it's still our best start after four games. Mm-hmm. No, it's not perfect. Let's hope we're level with Liverpool after five games because that's that's the next big one. Tottenham don't lose back-to-back games, so hopefully that's a good omen for us. But I, I, th- I just think it's the whole knee-jerk Saturday and, oh, the players don't care and they're this. And I just think, oh, look, come on, let's keep your heads a little bit. And it's a bad day at the office without a doubt, but you, you fix it and you move on and don't don't soul search and, and, and you know, dig graves for, for the next two weeks type of thing. Um, Pochettino came out afterwards and said we need to show more respect. Do you think Spurs really, you know, underestimated Watford? I just can't believe that in this day and age anyone's underestimating any Premier League game. The the, the quality throughout the league is is so high, barring potentially Cardiff and Huddersfield. I just don't think there's any gimmies. It'd be difficult to sit here and for me to make a case that we didn't underestimate them when you watch that second half performance, to be honest with you, Savvy. Um, I want to go back to Jason's point, though, just as you said there about you know the best start after the first four games in, what, four years. You look at the way, go back to the stats, I think 2015, 2016, three points, 2016, 2017, eight points, 2017, 2018, you know, seven points, and then the nine points for this season. It's been a really, really good start from Spurs. Yeah. We mustn't detract away from that. There's got to be a sense of perspective. And that's from three away games that's out of four three, as well. Three away games out of four. And also, Wembley's not our home, let's remember that. And yep. at the same time, Liverpool now, that's going to be a test to see where we're really at. You know, beat Man United away comfortably. Yes, United were going through their own crisis at the time. It's going to be, for me, interesting to see where this Spurs team is at now. And I think Liverpool's a great test for us. Yeah, indeed. I mean, only conceded one. They look absolutely rampant going forward. It's going to be a case of just trying to control that that front line from Liverpool because I mean, Sadio Mane looks like he's going to score with every touch. He does, yeah. Um, again, it'll be interesting to see for that game what Pochettino does in terms of the defence because obviously at the weekend we reverted to a back three. Listen, everyone loves seeing Toby in the team. Sanchez, you'd argue he didn't do much to be dropped, if you want to use the word dropped, or dropped to the bench as such. So what do you think, Jason, in terms of that defence cool. against Liverpool? It's going to be a very, very interesting decision for Pochettino. <laughs> it is, but... I think you you try and go at Liverpool. I mean, we played them twice last year. They were on fire last year. Let's be fair about it. They were a good side last year. We did them 4-1 at Wembley where we, we were out of the blocks and gave them all sorts of problems. I think they scored at two minutes at Anfield, didn't they? They were one up in two minutes at Anfield. That's right. Yep. Look how we came back in that game. I, I think the the thing is with Liverpool, you know at some stage they'll have a period. You know they'll create chances. So it's it's you've got to have a go at them. And I think if you worry too much about what they'll do and you, you 
you you make yourself so strong in midfield, you'll end up not not posing them threats. So I I think Tottenham are better on their front foot having a go. Can you generate um, another good atmosphere at Wembley? You've done it before. I mean, uh, the Fulham game, there was a bit of apathy almost in the crowd, wasn't there? I guess it was a case of disappointed to really be at Wembley. But, you know, you're going to need the crowd. The, the, the team are really going to need the crowd if they're to get a result against Liverpool. Older Spurs fans will be up for that one. Liverpool's always... This fixture now has become a bit of a... Um, Liverpool supporters, bless them, they're an interesting bunch. Um, they're, obviously, they're already counting their, their league winning. They've already put that one to bed already. Hmm. Um, I do generally believe Spurs have got a great chance against them. I think the good thing for Tottenham is Liverpool won't sit back. They'll be on the front foot. They're going to come to try and win the game. And that could be of a real benefit to Spurs. But back to your original question, I do believe the atmosphere plays a massive part. And Spurs fans are great last season against Liverpool at Wembley. And there's no reason why they won't be great again. Well, uh, it's been a brilliant week uh, for Son. And obviously he is a man that Spurs fans love. Uh, So we're going to be discussing his Asia Games victory uh, and what that could mean for Spurs next. Love Sport Radio, it's the Spurs Fan Show. With myself, Sammy James, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. Uh, we've had a tweet from Luke Addy here. said, didn't underestimate Watford. Poch was slow to react and you could see the goals were going to come, especially the second. Saw it against Juve last season as well. Is there sometimes a quite a clear indication when Spurs are about to fall apart? Can you, can you sometimes see it coming? Well, just back to the tweet, I think we mentioned at the very start of the show that Spurs should have made the changes. We've discussed Pochettino's in-game management, and we said at the point where we were one up, you could see Watford had that 10-minute spell, just to go back to it, and it was crying out for a change. And Pochettino, we said it before with him, love him, no doubt about that, great manager for this club, taking us so far forward. But you do feel at times his substitutions are more reactive rather than proactive, where in that 10-minute period where you could clearly see Watford were piling the pressure on, that's where you want his intellect to be. Look, we need to make a change. We need to get this midfield back under control. And that's where I said introducing the likes of a Wanyama, a Dyer, a Winks that would have hopefully stabilised us a bit in that midfield. Well, look, let's move on a little bit from the Watford game because I think otherwise we'll uh, twist ourselves into a negative spiral that we'll, that we'll never get out of. It, it all kind of started with Frankie at the start of the show <laughs> uh, and it might just not recover. Um, so, Son, on a very positive news, uh, victorious in the Asia Games and, well, looks like he gets to get out of uh, military service. I was listening to a podcast earlier where um, someone said, well, it's great, obviously, for Spurs... Uh, and it's great for Son personally, but it is a terrible shame for the South Korean military because uh, imagine him flying up the wing. Uh, that would be uh, a terrific addition for their for their army if they ever got invaded by the North. Um, but look, he gets out of military service. Do you reckon that's the only reason that Spurs let him go? To the Asia, uh, yeah, without, to the Asia Games. Yeah, without a doubt. But I mean, I've lived in Asia for for twelve years, and he would have wanted to go. We're a country that doesn't have military service, so we don't understand it in the same way. But yeah. but if if you're in a country like Korea, and I've spent some time there, you understand that's part of your national duty. And people that have tried to get out of it in underhand ways it brings shame on them and it brings shame on their whole families and it makes living there for for their whole families almost impossible so i think when you you grow up some will have known from the age of what seven or eight years old at some stage you'll have to do national service so i don't think they look at it in the same way that 
that we would look at it from, from our side and think, oh, well, let's, why has he got to go and do that? It's an important part of your country's duty. So he definitely would have wanted to go, but he'd have wanted to get that exemption from it. But he'd have wanted... most important thing for him to win it for would have been the pride in that country winning the gold, not necessarily, oh, I've won a gold medal just to win exemption from it. He went to win a gold medal for his country, and, and country pride in Asia is huge, and yep. it's perhaps bigger than we realise it is here. I agree. For so, I've got to say, for Spurs, it's fantastic. The guy's just signed a brand-new five-year contract, so... Hopefully, he'll be seeing out this contract and a couple more years to come. For me, Sonny's one of the most brightest, funniest players to have played in a Spurs shirt in recent years. He's got a great smile, got a great love for the game. And we missed him at a weekend, if we're being honest with you. We missed that energy, we missed that pace. He's got a great finish on him as well. We saw last season in periods where we were without Kane, he stepped up for Tottenham. Yeah. He stepped up big time. So he's been a, a big loss for us. Great to have him back in the squad. Fantastic option. And I'm so pleased for him personally because you saw what that meant to him. Some of the celebrations at the weekend, uh, it's quite funny, Spurs fans on a Saturday afternoon, our game was on the Sunday, everyone's trying to find somewhere watching this game against Japan <laughs> for South Korea. But that, that's Spurs fans for you. We want to watch every player. We adore them. And so, so pleased for Sonny. I think, as, I think as well, when you saw uh, when you saw him in the World Cup, that scene where he was in tears oh, outside yeah. the dressing room, I think that was after the second game, wasn't it? That's Not right. even the German game. You could see what playing for his country meant. And you're talking about somebody, he's not just a Spurs player playing for Korea. He's Asian Football of the Year, what, two or three times. Yeah. He is a massive, iconic figure in Asian football. In the same way that Zlatan took all that from, from Sweden on, onto himself type of thing. Sonny knows how I have to represent the nation more than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So he feels that 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 emotion more than anyone else. But this military service thing, because it's between the ages of 18 and 35 that you have to do the, the military service, and there's very few ways of getting out of it, as you said, and obviously the South Korean government uh, gives a pass for national pride that, uh, of winning uh, gold at the at the Asia Games. You just think, raise it, to f- raise it by five years. Sonny could have <laughs> retired at 35, 36, like um, a... a, a your average footballer got and done his military service after that. It just seems like they need to give a bit more leeway because they would have damaged one of their own biggest stars by making him go away for military service halfway through his career. Well, the danger is they'll have Dad's army when they when they have a fight against <laughs> well, North guess. Korea in that <laughs> but case. What's the difference between 35 <laughs> and 40? It just gets you out of a few of these um, problems. No, I, I, I'm not sure that... I, I think you find you have to start it by your... You have to start complete or you have to start the process by the time you're is it 28 or 29 oh okay it's, 30, it's 28 or 29 oh, well, I, I just re- i read here that um it's between the ages of 18 and 35 but i i, I haven't checked the source. No. i haven't checked the source so you never know um that could be incorrect but anyway he's out of it um he could be though i mean to go back to asia again um for the asian cup which south korea uh, are taking part in and you imagine if he gets called up that He'll be off to... Well, he almost definitely will get called up. He's definitely going to be off to that again in January. Another time you're going to lose him. Yeah, possibly. I think JC seems to think he's definitely going to go. So if he does, then... You know, we've been lucky so far. Lucas Moura, the form he's been in, that's going to be an interesting situation when Sonny does come back because you would have said with the form Sonny's been in at the Asian Games and even last season, oh, we'll come straight back into this Spurs team. But to be fair, the way Mora has started in the Spurs shirt, you're looking and thinking, well, does Sonny walk straight back in? But you could have done with him on Sunday. Oh, listen, 
Of course, off the bench, of course you would have dealt with him. Yeah, of course you would have wanted you know, him. You bring in on Lorente, you'd have hundred well, yeah. percent would have brought on Lorente, <laughs> would you? And you would have had Sonny and of course. might have prevent, might have. You know, we we said how Spurs seems to have a lack of ideas of kind of rescuing a point out of that game, and you you know that Sonny would have provided something. Yeah, I, I think just to explain to explain it to people that perhaps don't understand it, the Asian Games that we've just had wasn't just a football tournament. It's it's a bit like comparing that to the Commonwealth Games that we have, where it's multi-sport. There's yeah. athletics going on, there's volleyball going on, there's the table tennis, the badmintons, all those types of things. So, And Tottenham didn't actually have to release him for that. But obviously Spurs wanted him to, to win that military exemption. The Asian Cup, which goes on in January is purely a football tournament that compares to the African Cup of Nations or to the European Championships where you've got all of Asia involved which also includes the Middle East countries and that is controlled by FIFA yeah. and so we know with FIFA regulations if South Korea call him up then there's no way Tottenham can pull him out of that unless unless the player's injured there's no, no withdrawal from Tottenham at all but there was that discussion around Sonny's contract and, and that maybe Tottenham have done a deal with the Korean FA or whatever where they said we're releasing for those games and perhaps he doesn't have to or perhaps Korea have agreed not to call him up and we'll only know that process in December, January time. I just can't imagine that Sonny is I, I would I, you could have potentially see Sonny thinking okay I, I got out of the um team for the Asia Games maybe I'll miss the Asia Cup but you look at kind of career's record in the uh, in the Asia Cup you know there were runners up last time in 2015 mm. third place in 2011 third place in 2007 haven't won it since 1960 are one of the strongest nations you just can't imagine that Sonny's well, gonna not want to be a part of that for the potential pride of winning it well I just I just think and it was the same when when we used to have the African Cup of Nations in January if 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 you want to sign players from those continents that's that's the price you have to pay and you know it's it's not every it's not every year it happens and no, it's only every, know, and it's only it's every, every four, four years, unlike the African exactly. Cup which is a bit ridiculous exactly. because it comes around every two and you're like for God's sake you know if the Copper America was on during the April or whatever you'd see all the Brazilians and Argentinians in the league want to go and play in that so you just have to accept that if you sign players from certain nations you're going to be without them for chunks of the season well look we're going to take a, a quick break afterwards uh, we've got Quincy on the line we're going to get his thoughts on Son and also Lucas Moore sevenbestbets.com if you are looking for good odds with a simple to use app visit sevenbestbets.com as a new customer you will receive great welcome offers we cover all sports as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports if that's not enough regular customers benefit from loyalty bonuses too sevenbestbets.com please gamble responsibly visit gamblerware for more details this is Love Sport. Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict seven results. Win seven figures. Uh, it's the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport. I forgot where I was, what I was doing, and uh, what year it was for a split second. My name's Sammy James here with the guys from Last Words on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. Uh, in a second, we're going to be chatting all things about the stadium. Don't know if you heard uh, Brian and James talking about it earlier on Drive. And uh, James Gray said that Spurs should just suck it up and play at the Emirates, which would uh, be Not interesting. Interesting to get your thoughts on that in just a second. But first, uh, let's go to the lines. Uh, Quincy's here. Uh, Quincy, you want to give your thoughts on Sonny and Lucas Moura? Oh, hello, yes. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> it, well, basically, I heard someone uh, 
in the studio requesting a Sony Mura. Someone saying how how can I drop uh, Mura for Sony? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean that's not even a debatable question. You know, Sony should be straight back in the team. Uh, Mura has played two good games for 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 us. Uh, Son has done two whole seasons. So why is there such a big debate? Well, it was me, Quincy. I've got to be honest with you. I think Moore has been... Okay, you say two good games, but at the moment with the form he's in, for me, he looks like he's going to be getting better and better. And why would you drop a guy that looks full in confidence for Sonny? If you have to remember, he's going to come back into the Premier League. He's been away from the aspect of Pochettino's training. I think he will take a couple of weeks to just kind of reintegrate himself back into the squad to get used to Pochettino's regime. I agree, I agree, but but Lucas Moura, if we remember, right, he he could not even get in, in into the starting line of the PSG. Son has done well for for Tottenham, so it, 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 to me, it should not even be a debate, you know. Well, I think Lucas Moura was a big player at PSG until Neymar arrived, and Neymar took his place. So, you know, that, that's a little bit harsh to, to have a go at him for the PSG thing. He's, he's, he's had an excellent start to the season. He's the man that's in possession of the shirt, and if he's playing well. You know, Sonny is. I love absolutely love Sonny. The regular listeners will know. I've I've always wanted Tottenham to have Sonny in the team. So you don't have to convince me of Sonny's abilities. But let's be honest. Sonny goes has has a great month for us, and then he has a a month where he's not in form. So let's let's just see what Sonny's form is like when he comes back. Let's not forget Sonny's just had a whole season. Then he's gone to a World Cup. Then he's hardly had a pre-season. He's come back, played one game. Then he's flown the other side of the world. And then he's had two weeks with Korea with the emotion and all the drama and, and everything that goes with that where he's had to lead that side. So, I mean, I'd like to see... I mean, if I was Pochettino, I'd, I'd try and send him on holiday for three weeks and give him that break that he desperately needs. At the same time, you know, a respected question, but we've got to remember, Lucas Moura was a panic buy. And with a panic buy, this is where Pochettino has gone wrong. He's thrown Lucas Moura into the team. He does not deserve to be into the team. Sony must be there. Why, why was Lucas Moura a panic buy? Because at the time going into last January, most fans were saying Spurs need pace and width, another attacking option, somebody that can score, we, somebody we that can go... Pa- so why is that we, we a panic had, buy? We, we had Enkudu. We did not need pace and width. Pochettino does not give guys chance, you see. He panic buy with Lucas Moura. Flow Lucas Moria and sell Nkudu. Nkudu couldn't not even get in the squad. With all respect, though, if you're saying Moria has not been of the greatest form, you can't be throwing Nkudu into that, surely, either. You could clearly see that. But we we have not given Nkudu a chance. But we know from what we've seen from Nkudu in the flashes, okay, he wasn't given a regular run in the team, grant that. But from what we saw from him, he was nowhere near the level where he was going to rapidly improve and become a big player in a Spurs shot. With Mora, we saw last season, granted he wasn't given you know, a regular run of appearances towards the end, there was glimpses where you could see the quality there. Can I, can I just ask you, what, what did Nkudu do at Burnley when he was on loan last year? How much impression did he make at Burnley? Yeah, but you threw him into a Burnley side. I mean, we need him to side. Well, but Burnley finished seventh last year, didn't they? Pochettino could, could have, you know, got the best from uh, Nkudu. But he did not give him a chance. With Pochettino lately, I know he's not giving the young ones a chance no more. You, Salek, can I just remind you, in the summer we had Skip play, we had Georgiou play. Luke Amos. We had Luke Amos, so he's given three guys there a chance. We saw Amos on the bench against Newcastle on the opening day of the season. He came on later in the game. So I think that's fairly harsh to say he's not giving the youngsters a chance. But, 
But pre-season games is totally different, my friend. Pre-season is just for testing. When it comes to the actual thing, he doesn't play them. Well, Quincy, uh, thank you very much uh, for your points there. Uh, I'm sure Sonny will be uh, getting back into the team in no time at all anyway. I think it's a bit harsh on Lucas Moore. I don't know what more he needs to do to, to keep his place for Quincy. <laughs> what more does he need to do? Oh, yeah. Very, very I, I nice. certainly don't see him as a panic buy, that's for sure. He's just got to score a brace at Old Trafford, completely tore that Man United defence apart, and we want to drop him already. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a savage garden out there. <laughs> um, let's have a little bit of a chat about the stadium. I imagine... Uh, you chaps particularly must be a little bit bored of of stadium chat do need to correct what i said earlier uh it wasn't either brian or james uh who said that spurs should just suck it up and play at the emirates it was actually uh jonathan smith uh man city's espn correspondent who i think is maybe upset uh, about it so i can maybe now see a little bit more of the justification uh for why jonathan said it i mean it's a bit of a ridiculous statement, but you can see why Man City would be a bit annoyed about the situation. Yeah. The situation is, by the way, I should clarify, is that it's been decided that you're going to be playing them on the Monday night, the day after an NFL game at the Spurs state, at Spurs' stadium. Yeah, and I think also Pep Guardiola is not happy that he's had to flip that fixture as well. Yeah. He would have wanted the game, obviously, at their ground. But at the end of the day, for Spurs, I, I don't see what else we could do I think our hands are tied right now I think the issue around the stadium which we've discussed numerous amount of times and like you said it's we don't want to go into and bore supporters but I just think the club it's about clear communication that's all we've ever asked for I think it was a real real valiant effort to try and get the stadium ready for the Liverpool game it didn't happen and then all you asked from there is that the club would have been more well, clear like I said in their communication which they have been to now to be fair to them they have come out and said listen it's going to take its time they haven't put a date on it and now it's just about a case of not letting that detract what is going on on the field because as I said at the start of the season Spurs did make a fairly good start up until this weekend and I think the sole focus now has to be on the pitch yeah. and not letting yourself get away from this whole thing about a stadium we've got a wonderful stadium coming up we're going to be going in there sooner rather than later you know, we're talking about weeks now, not years, not months. You say it's been flipped. Has it been flipped? I thought that it hasn't been flipped. You're still playing at home on this match week, um, just that it's been put back to the Monday yeah, night. Yeah, I think what I mean, sorry, just to clarify that, I think Guardiola wasn't happy about the potential of flipping the venue somewhere else because there was talk about potentially Twickenham. There was oh. talk about a different venue. I think he, from his perspective, didn't want you know, the option of a third venue. Pochettino wasn't clear on it either, what he wanted. So they've you'd, had to find an agreement here. You'd have thought Pep might be up for a completely different stadium. Neutral ground. I know that Wembley is kind of neutral ground, but it's not, is it? Because you have kind of made it your home. If it was at Stadium MK or, or Twickenham, it would have been unfamiliar territory for both teams. And therefore, you'd have thought it might have evened itself out. I mean, how much home advantage <laughs> does matter these days to, to players? You know, all of these stadiums kind of look the same. They've all got very posh dressing rooms. They've got far, thinly cut grass. I don't really know what the difference is. But... Um, I can see why Pep wouldn't have wanted Switch, though, because he was worried about having three away games in April as he's potentially trying to mount a, a run-in for the title. I, well, I find the, the whole discussion at the moment a bit bizarre around that game because hasn't the game been chosen for Monday Night Football anyway? So if, if we'd have been at White Hart Lane, 
and it was chosen for Monday night football, they'd be having to come to London on a Monday night, which is exactly what Tottenham had to do last Monday when they went to Old Trafford. Well, yeah, I mean, so you know, I don't, I, TV dictates games sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, we had we had on the opening day of the season, we were at Newcastle of all places on a Saturday lunchtime. Yeah. So you know, football fans get the whole picture of football fans, not just Manchester City yeah. fans against Tottenham. Football fans get put out with and ridiculous kickoff times in ridiculous places anyway. And you don't imagine that's Pep's concern, do you? No, is it? Not the fans. Not. I'm not saying he doesn't care about the fans, but I don't <laughs> think in this particular instance he's thinking of the, of the fans at all. Day after an NFL game, though, it's not going to be ideal. Can you remember England playing uh, not too long after an NFL game uh, when we lost to Croatia back on, with the Wally and the Broly and how <laughs> terrible the pitch was? And that was about a week after. That's right, yeah. It's not going to be. It's not. I mean, you're going to have grids. So all, it could be a big turnaround job in the space of well, less than 24 hours. Yeah, you're going to have grids all over the pitch <laughs> and end zones. <laughs> maybe that's what Pochettino's trying to maybe fool Guardiola with. Someone's got to try and beat him somehow. Someone will know when they're getting to the byline because suddenly the pitch will be blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, I, I I can't quite see what the motivation for Wembley is. Do they really need the cash this badly that they're going to try and turn it from an NFL game into a football game within 24 hours? It's, it's hard enough when they're doing the turnarounds for the playoff games. And I know they play the Championship League 1, League 2 uh, in successive days. It all just seems uh, a little bit crazy. But I guess... But that, if, I mean, in fairness, w- when Wembley was first done, the pitches were, were horrendous there. But I think they have reached the stage now with pitch because all this deso grass and things when they play those playoffs there's no disadvantage to playing on the Monday which is after two games don't don't forget they've played Saturday Sunday and the Monday yeah. in those playoffs well they games. actually did switch it because of the pitches so they switched so the championship could be first because right. therefore that it would allow the spectacle of the championship which is their big money maker to have the best quality pitch for the best quality Game. So there is must be some impact to it, but yeah, with plastic pitches and all that now, I think there's there's it's less change from that first it. Wembley surface. Where, I mean, the Wally with a brolly time. I remember <laughs> Spurs played a, a semi final with Portsmouth on the when you That's had right. the two yeah, little yeah, bits, yeah. and players were falling over all over the place. Michael Dawson, I think, Actually, slipped over and day. cost us God, a goal. But don't remind us I think it's a little bit different now, and and I, I I'm pretty certain that Monday night that pitch will be perfectly fine for Manchester City to play on. That's for sure. Might just be a few uh, beer hats and uh, foam fingers. <laughs> lying around from the day before right in the next hour we're going to be chatting about Spurs' Carabao Cup fixture more stadium woes uh, and also Edwards and Anoma going out on loan and what the future holds for them well, it's just coming up to 8 o'clock. My name's Sammy James, and this is the Spurs Fan Show uh, with the guys from Last Word on Spurs, Ricky and Jason. We're here till 9 o'clock tonight, then it's all about the QPR Fans Show, where we'll be discussing everything Rangers. They managed to keep a clean sheet at the weekend, which is great, considering they conceded seven the last time they were on the road. But anyway, uh, we're discussing all things Spurs between now and 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll react to their Champions League draw. Feels like a while ago now that that was made. PSV, Inter and Barcelona uh, will be visiting Spurs it's a hell of a group it's going to be difficult for them to get out we'll be discussing all the permutations and combinations of that their Carabao Cup fixture with Watford uh, is also on the agenda and some Spurs players went out on loan last week so we'll be discussing that too on 558am online on your smart speaker and on digital radio this is Love Sport they dare to do and the lily whites are going to score on you they're no angels but this season harry and the boys are going for gold from white hart lane to wembley spurs will always be north london's finest 
It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fan Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Three minutes past eight, it's Love Sport Radio. Sammy James here with the Spurs Fan Show until nine o'clock tonight. You can listen to us on 558 AM online and on digital radio. You can give us a call. We've had a couple of interesting ones already tonight. 0208 7020 558. Or you can tweet us at Love Sports Radio. Uh, in fact, actually, got a tweet a few seconds ago that I wanted to bring up with you guys. I'm here with Ricky and Jason, by the way, from Last Word on Spurs. Uh, who will be the youngster that will break through this year? Uh, and Son definitely needs to prove he is in form before he replaces Mora. So uh, uh, Junior here not agreeing with Quincy who we had on the phone uh, just a few moments ago. Anyone uh, deserves to be dropped. It's Ericsson, Dembele and Dele in that order. And Dele, Dele in, in that order. What do, you th- what do you think about that? Well just on the point of dropping Ericsson didn't have a great game but I made this point in our podcast the other night that if Ericsson, I'm interested what Jace reckons on this, if Ericsson is on the bench against Liverpool there would be an absolute uproar amongst Spurs fans, wouldn't there Jace? The, well there'd be an uproar if we didn't win the game. Well yeah that's the first the thing. same with Delhi. But Ericsson not starting that game, you have to have your best players, granted Ericsson hasn't had his best start to a season but the thing you know about Ericsson is the potential's always there, he's always got that ability to create something out of nothing. Yeah, indeed. Um, let's have a little bit of a chat about your Champions League draw. Uh, PSV, Inter, Barcelona. It's a pretty difficult group, Ricky. Well, I've always maintained the fact that for Spurs being in the Champions League, to me, even though, what, four years on, I never, ever get complacent about it. I still absolutely love it. And I always want to play the best teams. If you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Yep. So I'm not going to sit here and complain the fact that we've got the teams that we've got. I'm delighted, I'm looking forward to it, and I think all Spurs fans should be. Well, you're in Group B, and uh, PSV, I think now Dutch teams, whilst there's still some pedigree there, and PSV's a, a famous old name, Jason, you imagine that PSV are going to be running up that group. Inter haven't been in the Champions League for half a decade now, which is hard to believe considering kind of the might of Inter, and they won the Champions League not all that long ago with, with Jose Mourinho uh, and then Barcelona but you know he did a job over Real Madrid last year who won who have won three Champions Leagues in a row there's no reason why Spurs can't get out of this group well I think we this will be our fourth Champions League campaign won't it we've had twice we've had groups of death which was when we were back in it the first time when That's we right. had I think we had the three three champions we had the Dutch champion the German champion and the Italian and reigning European champions or something yeah we topped that group we topped it last year when we got the the so-called easy group the Europa League style group in the Champions League we absolutely stunk the tournament out so from that point of view I, I love the draw you know fantastic inter entering that iconic San Siro which 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 when I was you know going going back a few years still remembering Italia 90 that was one of the most iconic stadiums that everyone wanted to go to so it's in a great city Barcelona I think we all wanted after Madrid last year I think most people thought wouldn't it be nice to see Messi and and have that crack but obviously ideally at White Hart Lane not at Wembley but you know so be it but no I absolutely absolutely love the draw and PSV I'm glad we I'm glad we haven't actually got a group whipping boy because even last year in amongst the, the, the 
the gloss of Dortmund and Madrid, we had Apoel, mm. which was, oh, you know, and, and by the time that was game six, that kind of got lost, that Apoel home game. It was almost felt like a pre-season friendly being played in December. It was a dead rubber, wasn't it? Inter Milan is your first game. A 5.55 kickoff. What is this nonsense? Oh, don't get me started about kickoff times. I'm so frustrated by them, but at the end of the day, it's um, UEFA that dictates them. So what can we do about it? Yeah, exactly. Well, memories of the last time that mm. you went to Inter Milan and I, I was saying to you in the break obviously uh, it was the 4-3 defeat was it we, was it 4-1 at half time it was a 4-0 4-0 at half time yeah. and then the and Bale, 10 men yeah, 10 men yeah. and Bale gets a hat trick it's a game that's looked back fondly by Spurs fans there's not many games there's not many defeats you can ever look back with, with such kind of rose tinted glasses and think oh they were the days it's funny that game because that's the game where everybody says that's where Gareth Bale announced himself on the world stage. And yeah, it's funny, like you said there, it's a game that despite an awful first half and the fact that you know considered four goals down to ten men, there was something so special about it because yeah. it was the rise of a wonderful, wonderful player who I think a lot of us were stupidly believing could have come back our way last summer now. <laughs> but yeah. Was it, it was a, listen at the end though we had a great game there and we also had obviously a fantastic game at White Hart Lane against them. Raphael van der Vaart on that day. How can anyone forget that night, Jason? Wow, Lane God, rocking, wasn't it? Brilliant night, wasn't it? But we were rabbit in the headlights out there, weren't we? Mm. As you say, I think we were... Did we concede a goal in two minutes? Everything that could have gone wrong went, went wrong that night. Yeah, but Inter were a good side. Zlatan, Eto. Is that the season they won it? No, I think they were defending champions. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I think they were, they'd won it the year before. So I think we had them... Rafa was in charge then, wasn't he? Did Rafa take over from Mourinho? That's right. I think yeah. Benitez was I definitely think in charge was the for the White Hart Lane the game. White, definitely well, in charge for White Hart yeah, Lane, yeah. So. yeah. And then that night on uh, Wednesday the 3rd of October, Barcelona coming to, oh. coming to North London. Uh, they used to go into the other team uh, in North London. That became almost a permanent fixture uh, for a few years. Is, is, is it the first time that Spurs have faced Barcelona? Competitive wise, yeah, no, no. Spurs, Spurs had Barcelona back in the, I think it's eighty three, eighty two, eighty three Cup Winners Cup semi final. Okay, and Barcelona then were a very different Barcelona. They they were they were the butchers of Barcelona. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the game at White Hart Lane finished in chaotic scenes with fights breaking out all over the place. They oh. were a, a really dirty side then. And I think they we, we drew 1-1 at home and lost 1-0 out there. You imagine it's going to be a little bit more civilised. a bit different uh, this time. This, this occasion. But, and what a test. Well, exactly. What a test. Because this is where you want to see how good our players are, how good Pochettino is. You know, we relate back to that game against Juventus last season where we discussed Pochettino's in-game management. And in a day, if he's going to improve as a manager, this is the games where you're going to see him on the elite level, elite competition, let's see how good he is managing at this kind of level, this kind of opponent, because if you can find a way to stop Messi, good luck. Well, and but Barcelona haven't been scintillating in the last few years in the, in the Champions League. They've been struggling to even get past kind of the quarter-final stages, but still going to be an incredibly difficult, difficult task. I just don't see any reason, though, why Spurs can't get a result at home. It's going to be very difficult. Not many people go to the new camp and, uh, and get something. Will you be going out for that trip? I mean, I might possibly. It's, again, for me, it's due to work commitments, but I'm, I might be. If I could get a ticket, it would be amazing. It'd be incredible. If we could get, it would be so Spurs for us to get a result out there and then not get a result at Wembley. That yeah. would be so Spurs. I mean, 
it's just got to be one of those that people are going to be moving heaven and earth to try and get a yeah. ticket for that one, aren't they? But uh, well, that, that's the thing. How many tickets do you get for the for a game like that? It's, you don't get too many, I think, and you're right up in the gods. You get put right in that back tier right up, on, the, on the main stand, don't you? In the centre, uh, on the centre of the pitch. The, 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 I suppose the good thing from Tottenham's point of view is on paper that's Barcelona away is the hardest game, and there's no easy ones. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but that's match day six, so you hope that Tottenham have done enough by by you know in the first five games and who knows if we have then perhaps we send out Walker send, Peters send the kids and Moussa Sissoko <laughs> the kids and, out and then the, 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 and the arrogance you just send the kids out there and you think there you go we've, we've already sealed top spot you, you have, have a rest before we play Huddersfield on a Saturday or something that'd be, that would be a beautiful uh, couple of days wouldn't it Spurs have already qualified as of Barcelona and you just go and play a B-side out Lorente Hattrick incoming oh my god <laughs> stuff of dreams we've got Burnley at home on the Saturday so Ooh. Burnley will be a bigger game than Barcelona that week I'm going to bring you lads down to earth because up next we're going to s- discuss Watford in the Carabao Cup 558am love sport from Barcelona to Watford in the Carabao Cup potentially in Milton Keynes it's about it's literally from the sublime to the ridiculous um, but it's what we're going to be discussing next here on the Spurs fan show and it's another fixture clash it's another stadium dilemma and another unhappy opponent uh, by the looks of it the uh, the Spurs fixture against Watford uh, has been confirmed that it's going to be played uh, at the MK Don Stadium in the third round of the Carabao Cup or the EFL Cup if we uh, don't want to be uh, given in to the sponsors <laughs> I mean it's been a bit of fiore and it might be easy to get distracted by the glamour of the, of the Champions League but this is a game that you know Spurs need to win because this is a competition that Spurs really could be doing with winning yeah and w- again with this competition it's interesting because it does polarise opinion there's some that say maybe Spurs shouldn't go for it because it f- could affect the season overall whereas I'm of the opinion that if Spurs were to go the full way in this competition, it could be used as a kind of springboard for the rest of the season. I think the competition, what you know, it's over in what February, March. So for me, Spurs should go all out for this competition, and you use this to say, look, yeah, we've done it. There's the first trophy. That's the first one on board of many. I think Spurs would go back to the point about the need to win a trophy. I know people will say. All right, if you win this trophy and finish fifth, is it a success? Of course it isn't. Champions League football and you know FA Cup or Premier League, God, I'm dreaming, that will be deemed as a success. But for Spurs generally, we do need to get that first trophy over the line. I think this was the first trophy Mourinho won during his time at Chelsea when he first got there. Yeah, first one that Pep won. Pe- first one that Pep won. So if all these clubs do take it seriously and do want to win it, why should it be too big for Spurs? Will you be putting it um, on the tier uh, like like Arsenal do, <laughs> will it say twenty nineteen with a little uh, drawing well, of a Carabao Cup? I go with our lack of trophies. I think anything's up there at the moment. To be honest. <laughs> um, but Watford seem a bit unhappy about the decision to play the game in Milton Keynes. Wembley uh, wasn't available. I-, I did wonder if maybe just playing at Vicarage Road seemed like a sensible solution. It's closer than Milton Keynes. 
<coughs> well, for me, I, I would have done that. But Tottenham, Tottenham said that um, you know that there wouldn't be as much opportunity because obviously, if you flip the tie, you become the away side. I couldn't quite understand why Tottenham couldn't be the home side at Vicarage Road and give Watford three thousand tickets. And that Tottenham would, have that the rest would of it. And never take, happen. No, but wh- why wasn't that a possibility? Why? Because imagine if, Watford wouldn't let you. Well, quite possibly that's what they did. So if Watford don't want to, if Watford don't want to honour it in that way, then off you go to Milton Keynes then. You, you, or play it at Vicarage Road, but be the away side and, and sit in the corner and have 3,000 tickets like everyone else does. I've got to just say, just in fairness to the Spurs Supporters Trust, who we've had on, obviously, in the show, in the station before here, do a wonderful, wonderful job. And they did send out a survey to all Spurs fans and said, what would you rather yeah. you would have? Would you rather go to MK Dons or would you rather flip the advantage to give it to Watford as the home side? And I think it wasn't, again, it wasn't a, a massive kind of unanimous vote, but it was slightly in favour of going to MK Dons. And to be fair to the Spurs Supporters Trust, they've stuck to their word mm. and tried to give you know the fans the benefit of that vote to try and give them the option of MK Dons. And I just think as a Spurs fan, we should... You know, if you want to go to it, go to it. I know there's this kind of, again, decision about, because it's a franchise club, you know, do you want to be there advocating that perspective with MK Dons? But for me... You'd go to an away game there, wouldn't you? Well, if you're Spurs, you're Spurs. You don't care who you're playing. If it's even over over at a park, you go and watch them. Would you watch them at the Emirates, though? It's a long long flight to the Emirates, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Six and a half hour flight to the Emirates. That's a long way to go. What's that? Lovely this uh, time of year, though. What's that? The FIFA World Club Championship. Once we've won the Champions League. Well, that's where the the Asia Cup is. (laughs) Where you go. It is this year. Um, But what would you have preferred? Personally, you. Would you have preferred an away game at Vicarage Road or are you okay with this MK Dons? I've got to be honest with you. After the the weekend result, I think I would have rather had MK Dons. Yeah? Yeah, I think I would have done, to be honest. No, I'd have been happy going to Watford because we got a great record there, so... Apart from this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be interesting there, though, and uh, you imagine, though, Spurs will probably fill it out, 20,000 20, seats, is it, uh, um, Stadium MK? I don't know, I think there might be a lot of negativity about the, the fixture, just the whole... It's, it's a chance for the Tottenham fans to show a bit of, I don't know, displeasure at the stadium situation. They'll go to Wembley because... It's not exactly a million miles away and they're big Premier League games and Champions League and you've got Liverpool there. So it's a great chance to, to form a protest when, when actually it'll be quite a weak protest because I just don't fancy going to Milton Keynes for an, on a mid... It's a midweek, isn't it? It's not a Saturday. So yeah. I'd, I'd be... I'd, I'd say 15,000 top whack. It's not bad, though, is no, it? No, I think you've got... To, I'd, I'll be honest with you, I still think there's a hardcore of Spurs fans that will go anywhere to watch the team. So you'll still get a, a reasonable amount. I mean, maybe fifteen, maybe 20,000. Even, and that's silly, during last season at Wembley for Rochdale in the Cup, what did we get? Was that 30,000? Maybe slightly less than that. I can't remember, but... But you still get a good uh, 20,000, of hardcore Spurs fans that will still go and want to see Spurs progress in the Cup, I think. Have they yeah. announced the TV games for that round yet? Liverpool uh, Chelsea, presumably, is going to be would the, imagine, the tired around. Uh, it's in there. Um, normally, they just ch- tend to go for your Newcastles and Leeds, isn't it? They look for the big days. club away from home yeah, as such generally. to be knocked out. That's, that's and the then you just thing, imagine it's going to be Liverpool-Chelsea, don't you? So. But if it ends up being Tottenham-Watford as one of the TV games, then... then yeah, I'll, but then it's not an easy, it's not an easy game, 10, though, is it? No. Because Watford will be like up for the cup. They'll be thinking, actually... We're not will they? Well, you think they've already got well, twelve. They've already got twelve points. Relegate, staying safe is still probably Watford's well, aim. They're already quarter of the way there after four games. They might be thinking, actually, we could afford a little cup run this year. Won't it be Tottenham reserves for Watford reserves? 
effectively and I think that affects the gate as well I actually think what I wouldn't be surprised if what put out a strong team for that because I don't see what they've got to lose let's say they've got another three or four points on the board by then they've already got 15 16 points going into that game and they might just feel like let's put out a strong side and try and get a little bit of a cup run if you beat Spurs that's a bit of momentum for them. You've already been a really good team at a weird ground um, to get here. So I, I just don't think it's going to be that easy. It's throwing up a few all Premier League ties, um, the, the Carabao Cup. and well, for, me, for me, whether we like it or not, it will be Tottenham's reserve side. Or not reserves, it's hard to call it reserves. But it will be Walker Pieces. You will see Foyth. You will see possibly a Wanyama return. You will see... Sissoko. Sissoko. It wouldn't surprise me if you see Lorente, people like that. And it's still a second team, though, Jess. It's not a bad, it's not what you say, reserves. It's not no, a bad second team, is it? It's no, but it, it's not going to be the Premier League no, side not. or the no. side. There's, there's no way Tottenham no, playing Watford will be the same side that Tottenham sends you into Milan in the Champions League, that's for sure. Well, of course not. No, 100%. Uh, right, after the break, uh, let's chat about a few of your young players that have gone out on loan. 7bestbets.com If you are looking for good odds with a simple-to-use app, visit 7bestbets.com As a new customer, you will receive great welcome offers. We cover all sports, as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports. If that's not enough, regular customers benefit from loyalty bonuses too. 7bestbets.com Please gamble responsibly. Visit Gamblerware for more details. Love Sport. Available on Radio Player and TuneIn Radio for your smartphone. Download now from the App Store and Google Play. This is Love Sport. The fans show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict seven results. Win seven figures. Should mention tonight that uh, Spurs under 23s are playing Crawley Town in the Checker Trade Trophy uh, down at Crawley, my neck of the woods actually. That's where I, that's where I'm from originally, uh, so uh, might be uh, slightly rooting for the old Crawley Town in this one. Um, currently nil nil, uh, 21 minutes gone. I still can't really get on board with the whole under 23 teams playing in the Checker Trade Trophy. I just I just just don't like it. Yeah, for me, I'd rather see players get the opportunity to go out on loan. I think, for me, that's where I would rather see these guys given the opportunity to play... It doesn't. It maybe sounds a bit patronising, but, you know, proper men's football. The League 1, League 2, know what it's like to really kind of, you know, die hard for yeah. a result. That's where I think, you know, you see the progression. Harry Kane, you know, well, loan, seven loan, or eight loans in his career. We're starting to see, especially with uh, certain players in the England side, how the loan system of course. is benefiting. Most certainly, yeah. You know, Deli Alley. Loftus-Cheek example Yeah Loftus-Cheek Well the only problem For Loftus-Cheek Is then can't Break his way Back into the team But he's in a system That doesn't work For producing Young players And taking them From the loan Giving them a chance And you know You don't have too much To thank Tim Sherwood for (laughs) But that is the one thing That you do You can thank him for Is is kind of bringing Some of those youngsters uh, Into the side But for me It just belittles The competition For those League 1 and two teams and you could argue or is it a chance for Crawley fans to play a Premier League team but is it really a Premier League team playing a playing I mean what's the lineup that's been put out so I mean only players that we really recognise in there you'd probably say Oakley Booth one that's been spoken about with a potential you know future Magama maybe anyone else said Jace Shayon Harrison's playing, isn't he? Jack Rolls is playing, but but no, you're right. I mean, you're not even seeing Walker Peters, Oliver Skip, Luke Amos 
uh, Keziah Sterling and people like that, that that have at least appeared in the first team for for even if it's only one or two Carling Cup games or something. So even the Spurs official Twitter can't be bothered to tweet about <laughs> it. You tweeted that the kickoff happened 25 minutes ago, and there's been one update. There's 25 minutes gone in the match. I mean, pretty quiet then. Yeah, even if, if either either absolutely nothing has happened in the game, or or your social media man that's popped down there thinking, why have I been given this shift? <laughs> Crawley Town for the Checker Trade Trophy on a uh, on a Tuesday night. We're seeing a few of the uh, Sky Sports news presenters uh, pop up occasionally, who are having to do updates for the game and. Um, yeah, they, they don't look too pleased to uh, to be there either, do they, really? Um, let's discuss uh, a few of your, shall I say, brighter young talents, or maybe slightly further down their development is probably the fairer way uh, of saying it. Marcus Edwards, Josh Onema, uh both went out on loan as the kind of second transfer window slammed shut. Uh, Josh Onema went to Sheffield United. Um, I think that's going to be a you know, great club if he can get his teeth stuck into there. Uh, Chris Walder is a fantastic manager and if he can bring out the best of Josh Onoma that's a fantastic place for him to cut his teeth I think yeah I agree I think Onoma he's one of those guys where we've been waiting for the last two or three seasons to see if he was going to be the next guy to really break through at Spurs Harry Winks at the time it's it's quite it's quite funny because at the time of Winks breaking through I think a lot of people maybe thought Onoma was going to be before him but subsequently just Onoma hasn't really got going in the Spurs yet and I think he was very very unlucky this summer because he got injured in pre-season and therefore he didn't have the chance to maybe show Pochettino what he was about could he have the chance to stay with the squad we'll never know but you do get the feeling that he needs to again have a really really good loan this season he's at a good club like he said a good manager well, I just got my fa- I realised I got my facts wrong it's Sheffield Wednesday not Sheffield, Sheffield United Wednesday, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday but he's at a, you know, again a good club still a championship yeah, club still we're a right championship on certain levels progressive club that he can go there and do well at that do play bright attacking football mm. uh, and therefore you know this really is getting to the opportunity Jace where he needs to take this loan and really prove what he's about <laughs> yeah I mean, he was on loan obviously all last year at Villa and he he had some tough times at Villa he, he certainly I, I mean a couple of times I saw him he actually played quite well but but the Villa fans didn't always take to him and I think he ended up I think he played as a striker a couple of times for Villa so perhaps he's he's never tro- properly played where he 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 feels his best position is and that includes at Tottenham he's been shunted outwards Carter Vickers is another one who's of course out on loan at, at Swansea this year but uh, yeah it is make or break time I mean with those youngsters I mean the whole thing about Tottenham trying to sign Grealish in the uh, summer was we needed homegrown players and there you've got two yeah. homegrown players and the, I would imagine there's a little bit of frustration that we're not able to use them as a genuine first team choice player at the moment but Foyth has jumped in front of Carter Vickers and it seems like everyone's in front of Josh Onema so it's a it's a problem and I think yeah probably come the end of the the summer I mean if it it goes really well for Josh Onema as you hope it is does he then think look perhaps I'm better to just say right that that's my level or perhaps I'll go and sign for a Bournemouth or a Watford or a a Fulham or something like that I'm not quite going to make it at Tottenham that's that's not a disgrace not to make it one of those let's go and play uh, regular Premier League football well interesting you know Villa fans with Josh Onema 
Uh, they weren't his biggest fan. I think, I think sometimes there was ironic cheers when he got yeah. subbed yeah. off. He'd drift in and out of games. And, you know, some people even kind of questioning his attitude that he clearly just, just wanted to be back at Spurs, maybe felt he was a bit too good from the champi- for the championship. He's got to snap out of that. Of course, yeah. If he wants to have any... Well, if he wants to progress in his game whatsoever at all, regardless Premier League or Championship, he's going to have to have his attitude spot on. And Pochettino, that's one of the first things he looks at with any player the profile you can have the right characteristics to feature in a Spurs team and if you're not willing to work hard with the right attitude he doesn't really want you around and And that was the big problem with Marcus Edwards at at Norwich last year that you know Marcus Edwards has been our brightest star Mm, and talent and everyone looks at him and says wow what what a fantastic player but he's understanding the game and his attitude problems and he definitely went to Norwich and he had I know he had a couple of niggly injuries but Farke wasn't exactly uh, high in his praise of Marcus Edwards was he and I think they ended up cutting the loan short with a few weeks of the summer Mm. to go and I think that's that's Marcus Edwards big problem and and you're right Pochettino the, the number one quality is attitude and work ethic and respect for people and it's Sadly, that that's what seems to be letting down Marcus Edwards. Well, he's gone to the Eredivisie and he's joined Excelsior on a on a season long loan. Marcus Edwards is only nineteen, though, so you feel there's got a little bit of time to maybe right some of the wrongs at Norwich. And I love it when I see English players <laughs> going abroad because I just think it broadens their horizons, teaches them to a new style of football, and I think we're seeing it successfully now with uh, players going to the Bundesliga and the likes of Jordan Sancho who have gone out there and done so well Lookman had a fantastic time at Leipzig didn't yeah, he yeah exactly well? I think I think it's going to be good for him and then and, and is quite a nice league you can get a lot of goals um, the standard of defending is not always is not always the highest Vincent Jensen will tell you that well, exactly <laughs> <laughs> so oh, hopefully dear. for Marcus Edwards might give him a bit of a confidence boost if he does you know start bagging in a few goals few goals and a few assists yeah again with Edwards he's a guy that he's been dubbed the mini Messi mm. by Spurs fans um, it was by Pochettino oh, by, by, sorry by Pochettino and we've that obviously seems taken a that. little bit no uh, I, I, see, I, I don't uh, know if that's a good decision at the time I think he was doing that to kind of I, I think he was to trying boost to, to boost his confidence but if anything like you'd concern it's gone to his head a little bit and it's had like an ego boost for him in a wrong way uh, Pochettino has always maintained the fact that the guy's got all the talent but his application He's, as Jason said there, the work ethic, the attitude. If you are not ticking those boxes, you aren't getting in a Pochettino team. He's understanding the game as well, isn't he? He's thinking, I can't run past eight defenders when there's a bloke completely unmarked, you know, with a, with a six-yard tap-in. So I think that's that's the other side he's got to brush up on his, his decision-making and things and, and realise there's there's 21 other, or there's 10, 10 other teammates on the pitch and 21 players on the pitch in all, including him. Can Pochettino truly bring these players though into first team caliber you know i know that there is youth players kind of around the fringes of the side but you know who is the next kane who is the next alley and can can pochettino convert some of these youngsters into first teamers because it is so so difficult when you get to the upper echelons of the uh, of the premier league and, and kane and alley were kind of 
fortunate of some of the circumstances that were going on and some of the tradi- tra- transition sorry, that was happening at White Hart Lane at the time. Well, I, th- I think Spurs fans as well were a lot more understanding of it. I mean, when, when Pochettino took over, we, we weren't thinking about Tottenham being a top four side or a, or a title-chasing side. We were in the Europa League playing Tromzos and FC Sheriffs and Astragoogoos and things like that. <laughs> Astragogo. I mean, you know, so th- there was a lot more opportunities to bring them in. And you know what? If we played we played Hull on the Wednesday and we we decided to throw in a Ryan Mason or something and we lost there wasn't the, the scapegoating now whereas I mean say Watford on Saturday if we'd have picked Luke Amos and Carl Walker Peters and oh. lost at Watford yeah. everybody would be on their on the backs of the manager so and that's the thing it only leaves you now Carabao Cup football to do it in and everyone's saying Spurs have got to win a trophy. So but you've seen Jurgen Klopp. You've seen Jurgen Klopp kind of managed to bring through Alexander, Alexander Arnold. You know Alexander yeah. Arnold, and you know someone like Walker Peters, I guess. But if you have got a better player ahead of you with Trippier, then you know it's always going to be tricky. But that's the thing is, if you don't pick Trippier, then what does Zoria do? So, and you need to keep those players involved as well. And that when you're paying them. You know, even Spurs, OK, we're not the highest paid wages, but if you're playing somebody 75 grand a week and you still don't play them in Carling Cup games or Carabao Cup games or whatever they are, that's, that's your problem, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think when we're looking at the players that could potentially break through, I mean, again, hard to judge pre-season, but Luke Amos looks like a really, really tidy footballer. Looks good on the ball, calm, composed, similar to Skip as well. Those are the two I think we need to be having a, a, an eye on, definitely towards, you know... Mid-season cup games come into play. Georgiou, oh, Jace again, another one that shined in the preseason before last. And again, you wonder if this is now the opportunity in not we've said the cup games to maybe he gets a break and gets a chance. He probably needs a loan. I mean, Luke Amos in fairness had a really good loan at Stevenage last year. was mm. was really popular at Stevenage, and um, so he's got. He's got that, you know, 30, 30 top flight, or not top flight, 30 proper games under his belt. And, you know, perhaps they might have liked to have sent him out again. But, um, you know, it's, it's a tough one because the opportunities aren't there to bring them through as, as it used to be. Well, we've got half an hour left of the Spurs fans show tonight. From nine o'clock, it's the QPR fans show with the guys from Ranger Things. But still 25 minutes to give us your thoughts on everything Spurs. We're going to go back to some of the discussion uh, from Sunday's game the defeat at Watford so do get in touch at Love Sport Radio on the socials or 0208 70 20 558 Shall I do score updates for the EFL trophy? Does anyone really care? I, I care I want to hear how we're doing Okay well currently uh Crawley and Spurs' under-21s are drawing 0-0 at the Broadfield Stadium with 33 uh, minutes on the clock. I'm trying to look through any other kind of scores of note. Fulham's under-21s are losing 1-0 to Oxford United. Wickham Wanderers are beating Northampton Town uh, 1-0 at half-time at Northampton. Oh, this is actually quite a good game. Charlton Athletic uh, playing AFC Wimbledon at the Valley and it is currently 1-1 between those sides. You still say Charlton and AFC Wimbledon and think they must be poles apart but of course they play in the same league these days yeah. which is just quite mental when you consider the, the calibre and the history of the, uh, of the two clubs uh, other scores of note MK Dons 3 Peter Brunil Brighton and Hove Albion's under 21s losing to Luton what a joke for tournament <laughs> right <laughs> let's get back to uh, some of the discussion from Sunday and Spurs' 2-1 defeat to Watford it meant that the 100% record is gone uh, we've had a couple of tweets um, about the uh, about the game that I wanted to put to you guys uh, Beard 
that's his name, <laughs> said, missed the, start, missed the start of the show. Uh, you might have covered it, but he was very bothered by the decision to start Dembele rather than use him as a closer. Uh, the dude is still brilliant, but he just can't log minutes like he used to. Any info why Dyer rode the pine in the weekend? I think, I mean, just back to the point there, I, I know I've discussed it at length, and me and Jason both said with Dembele, I think we're in agreement that this guy, is as brilliant as he is, you know, for Spurs in recent years, I think now it's coming to a period with him where he may be more used better as an impact sub than maybe starting games, Jace. Yeah, well, you know what I've thought all, mm. all summer with it. Um, he, he hasn't got the legs that he used to have, and it's it, it's sad. I don't want to see Moussa Dembele become almost insignificant for for big periods in games. I, I want to see him dominate games in the way that we used to do. But it's, it's, sadly, it's not there. But I, you know, I'm surprised it wasn't Eric Dyer. But I've 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 never liked our back three system, certainly since we lost Rose and Walker, because I've always felt that if you go with three at the back and you, we end up with Dyren Dembele in midfield and then there's one less attacking player on the pitch, or on Saturday where you think, we've won at Man United, so I can't leave Eriksen out, I can't leave Ali out, I can't leave Kane out, I can't leave Mora out, you end up with only one man in the centre of midfield and you end up with Eriksen and Ali dropping back. And I'm not saying they can't do that job, but their best form and their best performances don't happen in those roles. They need to be further up. So for me, it's the system's wrong. I understand the three at the back and some people like it, but for me, Tottenham play better at the moment with all the, the square pegs in the square holes and that to me actually suits 4-2-3-1 and we don't have the wing backs to play with the three at the back system but we I, th- I think it's just we've, we've definitely always gone with a back three at Watford I think we we get perhaps a little bit too mindful of their physicality and, and such and we worry about that which because the first time we ever saw it was was at Watford wasn't it it's what two yeah, two three right. seasons that's ago right. Spot on. so I think we kind of invite that that little bit of pressure on and for me no let's go back to 4-2-3-1 get help with Dembele and get the three players up front and behind Kane well you're gonna have a lot of games to close out that's the you know luxury of being a side that's going to be towards the top of the table and therefore there's going to be lots of opportunities to use Dembele in that role it's not like you're going to be trying to chase loads of games is it because you're going to be normally in front trying to you know seal wins so in that case Dembele is the perfect player to bring on I still don't think there's a player out there that can keep hold of possession like Dembele can he just seems to have glue attached to his boot and, and and the perfect player that you want when you're trying to see out a 1-0 lead like you had against Watford on Sunday when it's going to be a close tight game you want a player that can just keep the ball draw a foul slow the game down that's what Dembele does best so surely he's most useful coming off the bench I agree and I think one guy that needs to be given a mention we haven't really had a chance to speak about him much was Harry Winks who was only on the field for 10 minutes and people probably say he's supposed his best player. And I think that's the kind of guy that if we can get him fully fit, we saw the way he bossed Real Madrid over at the Bernabeu last season, then there's no reason why this guy won't be starting games. And there you have possibly the option of then bringing Nibele off the bench to see off the games like we've spoken about later on. So I think Winks, if we can get him fit, he could be really key this season, Jason. <coughs> well, it's, it's not just Winks, it's Wanyama as well. And Wanyama, yeah. Because Wanyama yeah, was an yeah. absolute beast in that first season. I mean, when we signed Wanyama, there were a lot of people thinking, why have we, we signed this wrecking ball Wanyama? But I think, you know, Spurs fans really appreciated Wanyama that first year. We, we didn't have him for last year, let's be fair about it, did we? Uh, he played a, a couple of games, I think he might have played one at the end or something. But, but from that very first 
game against Chelsea, I think, when he was at fault, wasn't he? He didn't really play all season. And then, you know, he's missed pre-season and he's back in the squad. We need Wenyama fit. And then that's competition for Eric Dyer as well. So then you'll get that competition in midfield and hopefully you'll get better performances. Uh, had a tweet here from Samir Bori. Uh, says, Ricky, what do you make of the club not offering the Champions League package like last year to members? Uh, sorry if you guys covered it on the show. Uh, I've only just tuned in. We haven't covered it, Samir. So uh, let's have a little bit of a chat about it now. Ricky, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's because again, just to relate it back, we had Kat and Martin here from the Tottenham Hotspur Trust on who told us and were honest with us and said that last season, I think the club felt they gave Spurs a really good deal. They had a free game package yep. which um, obviously turned out to be quite a bit of a treat the way we qualified in style and I think Spurs are just maybe taking a seat back and in terms of their pricing and reviewing how they can make that the best possible affordable price for them. You have to bear in mind now that at the start of the season we would have thought about going into a new ground. It's not. It's going to be at Wembley. So obviously they're going to be I presume pricing these games not as a package anymore. It will just be per individual game and it is a bit of a shame because it was a great kind of thing for Spurs fans to be able to buy the package but I think the issue we had Jace with the last package was that the game at the end pretty much became dormant didn't it that Applewell game because we were already qualified by the third fixture at Wembley and therefore there was not really much of an incentive to go yeah I think I mean as you say we covered it when when Kat and Martin were mm. on from the trust I think they spoke to the club and and the the original three game package was was announced for last year when before the draw had even been made so you you were buying three matches without knowing who the hell you were going to be playing and then became the bonus of we've got Dortmund and Real Madrid which was fantastic I think the problem they've got this year is obviously you know, they they weren't sure what stadium we were playing in. They weren't sure of things like that. So they couldn't. Well, these packages don't. Just, you can't just magic them up in, no, in a day, course, can no, you? Of course not. No. And obviously, now the draw's known. You, you can price it. You can think, right? Spurs are playing Barcelona, so that's a a massive price. And with, you know. <laughs> It, but without a doubt, it's a shame because I think we'd have all liked the... I think I paid 90, 95 quid or something for Dortmund, Real Madrid and Apoel last year. Yeah. And, and I, I felt I had that... The Real Madrid night was worth 95 quid. <laughs> Not so true, yeah. So, so true. Um, and, and Dortmund, those two games... That was incredible. You know, if you'd have booked Huddersfield, Brighton and... And I don't know... Watford. Watford last mm. year, it would have cost you more than the three Champions League games yeah. did. Well, I guess it was a good opportunity to get some uh, punters through the gate. You'll surely still sell out. Oh, most certainly. Yeah, most certainly. Maybe not the PSV game. We might just be slightly under, but surely for Inter and definitely Barcelona. Yeah, those games will definitely be maybe hard to get a ticket, to be honest with you, Sam. I do think, though, yeah, whatever happens, the club will sell out those games. There'll be incredible atmospheres there. It's going to be absolutely epic. Right. Uh, we've got 15 minutes left of the Spurs fan show. Do get in contact. 5.58 a.m. Love Sport. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Predict 7 to net a million. Love Sport. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to £1 million. It's the Spurs Fan Show with myself, Sammy James, and the boys from Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. Uh, the, the Spurs social media manager has finally got round to uh, doing a tweet uh, from Crawley Town. It's nil-nil uh, at half-time. Uh, it doesn't sound like an awful lot uh, has happened in the game. That is, of course, between Crawley Town and Tottenham's under-21s. There was a delay to the start of the match. Maybe there was terrible traffic. <laughs> 
in West Sussex at the Broadfield Stadium. Crowd congestion, right? Yeah, exactly. I imagine it's absolutely packed there tonight. Um, so let's have a look ahead to Spurs' game against Liverpool. Um, I hate the international break. Don't you? Well, especially now the timing of it likes to come. You would have loved to have gone international, international break, four wins out of four. Yeah. You just feel like you're having to now wait so, so long to try and get back to winning ways. And we've got a great game to look forward to against Liverpool. Two really, really attacking teams. Two managers that love to play football the right way. Yeah. Liverpool have gone out and spent a fortune again. They've gone and addressed the areas in their Not squad. Not if you ask their fans. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool have gone out in the, again, Liverpool have gone out this summer and the January winner before that. They've gone and improved the two areas you would say where they were the weakest. Centre-half, goalkeeper. So, interesting to see, Jace, we are that argument, have they improved? Well, we're looking at Leicester's goal Saturday, <laughs> or was it Saturday they played? Saturday, yeah, yeah. Was Saturday, yeah, it yeah. didn't exactly look like they'd improved the goalkeeper too much, but maybe he was suffering from concussion himself. So yeah, It was the world's slowest Cruyff turn, wasn't it? <laughs> it was really, really weird. I, and I see one Liverpool fan actually said it was, was the, the driest part of the pitch to do it on. Oh, the balls, you oh think, give it, just, come, come on. on. Just accept the bloke made an absolute balls up I mean we had Michelle Vaughan take a goal kick for us that went out for a corner at, on, on Sunday some didn't we? so uh, that was some achievement but uh, no, I think it's I... compared to Petr Cech every goalkeeper's looking great at the well, that's very true yeah yeah <laughs> when you're getting pressed by Cardiff um, <laughs> you know that you're in all sorts of bother but obviously it's going to be difficult and, and Liverpool are going to be right up there four wins from four they smashed West Ham which looked good at the time but actually maybe now um, no no it, they smashed Bottom of the league, West Ham. <laughs> pointless, West Ham. That, pointless or bottom of the league. Yeah, either phrase can precede it, that's for sure. Um, Crystal Palace, uh, that was an unfortunate uh, little <laughs> slip of the tongue. Uh, Crystal Palace, there was a good 2-0 victory there. Uh, unconvincing one the win over Brighton. And then, you know, went to the King Power. Weren't all that impressive again against Leicester, but it's a difficult place well, to go win. Again, that is... A, a, compare it to the Spurs game, Watford. Those are the venues you have to go and get the points, get the victories, if you want to be considered to be challenging. And I, I, I go back to that point. Listen, you're not going to win every game, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But these are the games where we said, you know, you grind it out, you get the result, like we did against Newcastle on the opening day of the season. And to be fair to Liverpool, they are grinding out the results. But Spurs is going to be definitely their toughest challenge so far. It's, you know, Man United, you'd say, argue when we played them, they were in that. Many people say people say crisis, but a decline. Liverpool will be our toughest test this season, and it'll be great to see how far we've come. Sonny, I would imagine, will be back in the squad. I don't think he'll start because he's not match fit, Premier League match fit. That is Pochettino match fit. Every to see what he does with that eleven. Are you worried about the defence going up against some of Liverpool's attacking quality? I don't think there's a doubt that Spurs can, you know, get a couple of goals against Liverpool, even with their improved defence. But going forward, you just don't know who to mark. No, you have to you have to recognise they're a terrific side going forward, and the, the pace of of Mane and Salah, of course, that can cause you problems. And but with some of the you know the the kind of fragileness of of Spurs' centre midfield on on Sunday, it needs to be so much stronger. Well, that's for sure. You've you've got to for me, it's got to be four two three one, and and you've got to have two really mobile players in there because. You know, when you've got pace like Salah and Mane, and let's be fair about it, it's very difficult to defend against that. Then the, the way to defend it is you've got to stop the ball getting to those players, yeah. and so you've got to cut it at source, not not allow the one-on-one situations. But 
But, you know, you know in the course of a game as well that if you're dominating the ball and piling forward, Liverpool will break and, and they, they break at, at such speed, it's very difficult. But it should be an absolute cracker. But they're going to be, you know, worried about the threat that Tottenham pose as well. You know, this isn't... Spurs aren't going into this game I see as an underdog. I see this as no. two teams... as, as at. Well, not White Hart Lane at Wembley. I see this very much as a fifty-fifty. I think if you were going to Anfield, you would potentially say that Liverpool might be the favourites for this game if it was at Anfield. But at Wembley, I think it's a proper fifty-fifty, and they're going to be looking at this as well as thinking this is one of the ones we really need to win if we're going to be challenging. Yeah, Liverpool will be seeing this as they then come to Spurs and get a result. It's a real statement of intent and laying down a marker. Whereas for us, you know, we've got to show that reaction and Pochettino to be fair to him as Jason mentioned earlier in the show we haven't lost two games on the bounce in the Premier League since God oh, I'm thinking back what to what, Southampton and Newcastle yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not putting the jinx on it but in the Leicester year we always get a response from Pochettino teams we always do and I have no doubt even Christian Eriksen was uh, saying on here Tuesday night that from his perspective he does believe we're going to bounce back he's saying all the right things Ben Davis has come out and said it was such a sloppy performance so the players are saying all the right things Let's just hope they're doing all the right things during the game. Of course, this was supposed to be the game that the new White Hart Lane right. was was opened for. Do you think that would have been something in Spurs' favour had that been the case? Or do you think actually that for this magnitude of a game, it could have been something that was a little bit of a distraction? I think it would certainly be dominated the build-up and, and things like that. And whoever that becomes that first opponent, it will. But... You know, but let's we, say that's a lesser, that's, that's a lower team down the league. If let's say if you've got Cardiff or you've got Huddersfield, you yeah. imagine that that might be a nice one to bring it in for because actually all these distractions. I kind of think when it's the first game, it, it gives that little bit more spice to the visiting side because they want to be the first team ever to win in that stadium, yeah. and, and there, there is that tag, isn't there? Once. Once, once you've played that first game and you've got that first win, whoever's got it, they can talk about that for years. And, and there's nothing more that Liverpool would like to do than go to go to Tottenham and say, "Well, we've played at White Hart Lane and we've won there more times than you have." Yeah. So that's 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 what would happen, isn't it? I think for us, what's going to be key is this whole thing about you mentioned about defence. There, will it be a back three? Will it be a back four? Because I think with Spurs, we saw at the weekend that Trippier and Davis, they're not. You know they're, they're stable defenders. Don't get me wrong, but going forward they don't offer enough. Trippy is a great cross of the ball. Don't get me wrong, but when we said Jay's about taking defenders on, he just hasn't really got that in his locker. We've seen his set pieces improve. You know, no end. He's been brilliant. But I think again, it's a decision where is Danny Rose ready for this kind of game? We saw at Man United in that first half. Is decision making a back part of Hugo Lloris? We could have been one down before he even starts. So it's a big, big decision whether you put Danny Rose in that starting lineup. And again, Serge Aurier, Serge bless him. He's <laughs> it's always interesting watching Serge, no matter what you think. He played him at left back last year, didn't he? Did that's in, right. He did played Serge left back. Yeah, the Salah still scores. Yeah. And generally, what's the record like coming back off international breaks? Some teams seem to find it hard. Obviously, Spurs were dealt a bit of a almost a blow in a way with so many players getting into the semi-finals of the World Cup fortunately it didn't provide too much of a hangover that time generally do you fare okay We're okay I can't I can't, I can't yeah I can't think it goes one particularly against us on international yeah. but as you're right I mean we tend to always pick up one or two niggle niggly injuries or something from the backs and that's the one thing that that 
that you, you, it's so hard to predict at the moment, isn't it? Does- it's a couple of tough games for for the England boys, especially uh, against Spain in an actual competitive match, isn't it? The, the, this weekend. Well, I think that there's there's a lot of them. Isn't it? I mean, haven't France got Germany and yeah. who have they got? France, Germany, and I think Hugo's missing that game for France. From what we understand, yeah, reports misses, have but- indicated that Hugo won't be playing that game. So you'd think Spurs are just going to make sure. Keep him wrapped up in cotton wool so he's ready for Liverpool. Yeah. Very, very important to have Hugo Lloris in that starting lineup when we've seen Michelle Vaughan. Well, as, long as, as long as his magistrate's court doesn't send him well, down that's, in, that's yeah. in the week yeah, that's up point. to the game. I mean, these, this UEFA Nations League is baffling. Have you tried to get your head around it, how it works? I mean, it's just a little mini league thing, and that that's groups of three, isn't it? Groups, groups of three. three or four home in and away. some cases, home and away. But then, some if you win the league and then you win go the finals, you can go up and down. There's promotion and relegation. You can qualify for the Euros through it. There's a few places that get given for and, the Euros. What you play the, the is the whole group done in one year. Or did it become a two-year... No, I think thing? the whole group is done in like about the space of six months. And then next so summer, next year it's... there's like a finals. So if England won their group, they're then going to play some of the... T- it's it, it's a way of making it more relevant, I think, than just pointless friendlies. But I've tried to get my head around it five or six times. I've gone, no, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to guess it this time. <laughs> and every time I come out of it, I go, no, nah, still, still it, not got it. Is it only three subs? Uh, was it... Because that's what ruins friendlies for me. Yeah, you have six or seven substitutions. I don't know. I, ma- I imagine you can't do a full team of eleven. But yeah. Anyway, uh, that is all for the Spurs fan show tonight. Um, thank you very much, chaps. Thank you. Never thank dull. You. Never dull discussing never Spurs. Dull, is it? Never dull. Uh, obviously, uh, it's the international break. But you guys will be back next week. We most certainly will be. Cool. We most certainly will be. Well, um, Ricky, thank you very much. Thank you. And Jason, thank you very much no as problem, well. Mate. Sports Social Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.